Okay, so we have a game six, folks. Uh, it is tonight. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights facing off against the Dallas Stars. You listened to a show like this, so you already knew that. And you also already knew that Jamie Benn's suspension is up. He served his two games. The Dallas Stars won both of those games. And that's why we're talking about this game right now. Now, Jamie Benn returns to the lineup tonight for the Dallas Stars. Do you know what that means? I have no idea. I, I really don't. You know, I was talking to Elliot about this on the podcast last night, and I thought about it again this morning, and I have no idea what this means. On the one hand, you know that with Jamie Benn returning to the Dallas Stars lineup, he's going to feel like he just got released from prison and is racing to his favorite restaurant to devour everything on the menu. That is a natural way to feel. I understand that. I think we all do. On the other hand, you know that Jamie Benn's going to want to have an impactful game six. He's going to want to do something to atone, as they said in network, Ned Beatty. Atone! You must atone! He'll want to do something to atone for the uh, the Mark Stone incident. I think we all understand that from Jamie Benn's point of view. The problem is, sometimes when Jamie Benn wants to do something, it's not always the right thing, especially not when he wants to try to send a message. So we'll see tonight. This is going to be one of the sidebars to what we hope will be as good a game as we saw on Saturday. Now, uh, I think like a lot of us, we were pretty excited that uh, the Dallas won game four and forced a game five so we could have a hockey game on a Saturday night. And that game delivered specifically in the first two periods. Great goaltending, uh, up and down play, great chances. It was just a flat out fun Saturday night hockey game to watch. Ty Delandria ends up the star. I would argue for the second game in a row. I would argue that uh, Ty Delandria, or more importantly and more specifically, Ty Delandria's chin was one of the stars of Game 4. It was that chin that drew the penalty in overtime. Braden McNabb's stick introduced to Ty Delandria's chin. McNabb sits for two. Joe Pavelski sends us to a Game 5. And as much as Max Domi was excellent on Saturday night, he was. As, ma- as much as uh, Jake Ottinger was excellent Saturday night, he was. As much as Ivan Barbashev as well continues uh, to excel in these playoffs, and he was great. Title Andrea at the end with the pair of goals, the game winner, and the insurance marker was the it factor in a lot of ways for the Dallas Stars. So uh, we will get another game of hockey this evening. Now, I don't think it would surprise anybody if Vegas just ended this thing. Like winning four games in a row against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights is a daunting task. And I know all the coaches and all the players will you know, give out the, uh, the usual cliches about how we don't need to win four games in a row. We need to win one game four times. I, we all have heard it. We all understand. But at the end of it, you got to win four games in a row against a really good team. Uh, just like we said going into game four, can the Vegas Golden Knights really win four games in a row against the Dallas Stars? And the answer is no. But Vegas might end it tonight, and then there's your Stanley Cup final, Vegas and the Florida Panthers. Or... Dallas, if you believe in game-to-game momentum, which I don't necessarily believe in all the time or really ever. These are sort of standalone events um, as I look at them, as everybody makes their adjustments. And every game in the playoffs seems to me to be a new chapter, whether teams win one, lose one, win one, lose one, or rattle off three in a row. To me, they're still standalone events. That's the way they've always felt to me. And talking to players that have participated 
in these games. That seems to be what they say as well. There's so little momentum between the games. Uh, these are all standalones. Um, but the hockey fan inside of me wants Dallas to win. Right, like I don't cheer for teams necessarily. I cheer for situations. Uh, I cheer a lot for players. Like there are a lot of people that I really want to do well. And I'm going to get to Latvia in a second. Latvia, I see you. I'm going to get to you here in a couple of moments. And some of the players on Team Canada, I see you. And we're going to get to you in a couple of moments. And there's a couple of players on that German team, I see you. And we're going to get to you as well. I don't cheer for teens, but tonight I'm cheering for the Dallas Stars because, flat out, I want to see a Game 7. And I think the Florida Panthers are cheering for the Dallas Stars, thank you very much, because they want to see a Game 7. Because no matter matter who they face off against, they want to face off against a tired team, thank you very much. As their goaltender continues to rest, and as Matthew Kachuk becomes an even bigger star than before, did you see the appearance on the NBA on TNT? The clips are everywhere if you haven't. Uh, to me, and I was mentioning this to Elliot on our podcast last night, that um, this seemed to me to be one of those moments where you can really acknowledge or really see how Matthew Kachuk has the potential to be bigger than this game. Hockey is an interesting sport. There are so few that are able to transcend the sport. There are a lot that stay in the sport and become superstars, but there are very few that can jump off the hockey pages and into another book. But go and have a look at how comfortable and how charming Matthew Kachuk is on the NBA on TNT panel on Saturday. It is something to behold. It really, like, you come away from it saying, yeah, we know Matthew Kachuk's a star in the NHL, but he might even be bigger than that. Let's rewind. Let's go back to, uh, to Vegas and Dallas, and we'll get to the World Hockey Championships and lots of drama off the ice, uh, whether it's general managers, whether it's coaches, whether it's teams for sale. This is a busy week around the NHL. Let's get started with Elliot here in a moment. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And uh, would like to, uh, to nod to our neighbors stateside in the U.S. who are pausing today to reflect on Memorial Day. Thoughts are very much with you uh, on this day, that from your neighbors up here to the north. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada uh, kicks off another program here. How are you today, Fridge? I'm good. Uh, yes, ha- uh, I wanted to uh, shout out Memorial Day in the United States. Great call by you. Um, but uh, doing good, just about to begin my Merrick walk. <laughs> I'm going to just rename this segment Walk with Elliot. <laughs> this segment is being, uh, and we need, we need to get like a, 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 a shoe sponsor for it, the, the Walk with Elliot segment here. So uh, I always encourage people to, to walk with our various podcasts in their ears uh, as Elliot mm-hmm. walks and talks with us to kick off the show. So as you get ready for tonight, I want to, I want to start with the game and we'll get to a few yep. other things that, you know, going around the NHL. And as we mentioned on the pod that's, that's coming out here any minute now, it's, it's, it's going to be a big week around the NHL. Um, but game six going into tonight. So Jamie Ben draws back into the lineup tonight for the Dallas yep. Stars. That is a, a good thing uh, for Dallas, as you and I had a conversation about last night and I've thought a lot about. You know, Jamie Ben is going to come into this thing wanting to do something. And when Jamie Ben wants to do something, 
Uh, I think the other team needs to be a little bit scared. And I think maybe the Dallas Stars occasionally might want to be uh, a little bit scared uh, as well. But before we get to game six tonight, just a quick thought of what we saw Saturday. Uh, you and your crew working it, of course. What did you think of game five, which led to a game six here tonight? Well, I mean, I was amazed. Like, twice Vegas scored, and you're sitting there saying, oh, this is a disaster for Dallas, and twice they scored seconds later. I thought I thought the Stars showed a ton of resilience. I was really impressed. I thought Max Domi, uh, after giving one of the funniest interviews I've ever heard him give, he played one of the best <laughs> games I've ever seen him play. Uh, I was, you know, I, I thought that Domi line, I mean, not only did they score twice, but I just thought Domi, and that line were excellent all night. They were all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, Ottinger seems to have kind of settled back down. His stats, when the stars can be eliminated, are incredible. And we'll look at that tonight. Yeah. And I don't, I don't worry about Aiden Hill. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, I don't really worry a lot about the Golden Knights. I, I, I think they're going to be fine. But, you know, you always wonder when... You, like, I'm watching the NBA game is tonight, too, right? And you're, you yep. see it. Like, when you're down 3 nothing, it's almost like you, you, there's only two ways to go. The, and, and when you're down 3-zip, number one is, screw it, we're done, it's over. And number two is, you know, all right, you know, we got nothing to lose. Let's. This is a disaster anyway, win or lose. Or this is a disaster if we lose it, but let's just go out at our best. And... You know, I think Dallas did that in this series. Game three was a real embarrassment for them. They've shown a lot of pride in coming back. And I think the Celtics, like if I'm Pete DeBoer, I'm showing them Celtics highlights tonight or today. Like I'm just saying, look, like yeah. it's happening. It's happening at the same time. And you and uh, I do think a little bit of doubt creeps in if you're in a position like Vegas, just like the Miami Heat. And you have to manage it. You just there's no other choice. You know, one of the things that I've been um, I've, I've been thinking a lot about ever since we aired that piece that um, uh, that we did with Jim Nell uh, last week. Now that was recorded about a month and a half ago. So the first day that you and I got to Dallas, I mean, you did uh, sit down with Mason Marchment. Uh, we both ended up doing uh, pieces with Jason Robertson. And essentially, the Dallas Stars opened the door and just said, whoever you want to talk to, go for it. And so I, I did a sit-down with Jim Nill. And, and there's, been one, there's been one thing that I've been thinking about over these two games where Dallas has, has pulled themselves back into the series. And it's when Jim Nill talked about... And it was when we were talking about the 2017 draft. And he said, you know what? It was like this in Detroit. Just when we thought we were on the wane and, you know, Iserman was aging out and Shanahan was aging out and there were starting very faint questions about Nick Lidstrom. Guys were getting a little bit older. All of a sudden, you know, Zetterberg entered the equation and Datsuk entered the equation. And not that it it just benefited the Red Wings by their play, but it gave the veteran guys a shot in the arm and extended their careers as peak performers. And he drew the comparison between that Red Wings team and this Dallas Stars team and said, look, you know, when I got here, it was Jamie Jamie Ben Prime, Tyler Sagan Prime. Uh, He didn't mention uh, Alexander Radulov, but Radulov was a big part of that as well. And John Klingberg, who since moved on, and, you know, he mentioned Suter and et cetera, and some of the older players on the team, and then mentioned... <laughs> Are you on a motorcycle now? You're supposed to be going oh, for a you know walk. What happened? I, I got to get out of here. I was doing a walk, and some guy 
just pulled out a leaf blower right next to me, so I'm just trying to get away from it. Everyone's doing their yard work early on a Monday. But no, I'm being long-winded here. But then you mentioned the guys from the 2017 draft and how much that has given. And that's, you know, Ottinger and Haskinen and Jason Robertson. And now you throw yeah. Ty Delandry into that mix and Wyatt Johnson into that mix as well. It's not just that those guys are performing, but it's helped Pavelski. It's helped Ben. It's helped Sagan. I mean, how many times did we say this year about Tyler Sagan? He looks like a different player. I get that he's yeah. over the hip surgery and the hip injury, all of it, but these older guys now look different with these younger guys pushing them. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about what Neil said and that symmetry between his old Red Wings and this Dallas Stars team. I think there's I think there's a lot to that. I think to be successful in the NHL, you have to have a great mix of youth and 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 vets, right? I like I think there's some things there, things that are consistent about all teams that win. Uh, number one is they have good goaltending. Number two, they have elite depth, or sorry, elite talent, elite talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- number three is depth. Like you can, you have guys up and down the lineup who can score and and play important roles. But I do think the mix of youth and and veterans is important. Uh, you, you know, your your best players. Um, have to be old and young. Your important contributors, old and young. Like about that, about that Detroit team, the team that won the cup in 2002. Remember, Hull was on that line. I think it was what was it, Devereaux and Datsuk? Was that who he was with? And yeah. initially, he he said, "Why are you putting me with these guys?" He thought it was almost like an insult. And then he realized that you know sometimes I think the line he used, I remember at one point was something like. These guys are too dumb to recognize the pressure, too young and too dumb to recognize the pressure. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's important, right? Like, Jamie Benn in particular has been revitalized by that this year, playing on that line. And, you know, you mentioned Ben. I, I think he's going to have a huge impact tonight. I mean, the only thing is he's just got to keep control. He's, he's going to be wired to play, and we know what happened the last time he was wired to play. So... He's just got to keep control of his emotions. <laughs> uh, we shall see. Um, should be an interesting, interesting one nonetheless. Pre-game show, Hockey Central gets underway at 7.30 Eastern uh, with your host, Ron McLean. The puck drops just after 8 o'clock in Dallas on CBC and Sportsnet. Hockey Night in Canada. The Vegas Golden Knights facing off against the Dallas Stars. Uh, okay, elsewhere. This is going to be a big week for Kyle Dubas, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Toronto Maple Leafs the Ottawa Senators. Uh, before we get there, do you think it's a big week for anybody else out there, or are these decisions going to be, you know, are they going to be dragged on, can kick down the road, all these types of things? Well, I think the big decisions this week, I think Pittsburgh, yes. I think Dubas, yes. Ottawa, I want to say yes. Uh, I would say that the other teams this week, I think that could be making decisions are the Rangers, uh, Columbus, Washington and uh, Nashville. I'm not as sure as about. I'm not as sure about uh, Calgary, and I'm and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think Anaheim is there yet. And I think Calgary is really just starting their coaching process. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. Like Pittsburgh wants an answer from Dubis. I think. Um, I think New York. Like I've said, if if Laviolette's their guy, I think we're going to know pretty soon. Um, I'd heard that Columbus was going to sit down as soon as tomorrow and figure out what they were doing coaching-wise, and 
that was uh, that was reported in Aaron Portsline's piece yesterday. So I think that's the situation it is. So I think Dubas slash Pittsburgh, uh, Rangers and Carolina could be coming soon. You know the Ottawa thing. Like I, I don't even know what to say about that. I I thought Thursday night no it was idea. over. <laughs> I thought Thursday night it was over, and then obviously it didn't happen. I heard everybody decided to call a timeout over the Memorial Day weekend. So I don't know if you know if that's going to be, you know, include today or not. I mean, some of that's in the states, some of that's here. I know there's a lot of frustration there. I um, I, I was talking to somebody there uh, this morning, and you know, it, I, I think there's a lot of frustration with that process. Too public disjointed um and i think some people just want to answer already but like i said i thought it was close on thursday night but it didn't it didn't get done so i think we're all just kind of sitting there again and waiting to see waiting for someone to make a decision there's um and, and i'm sure you've had similar if not identical conversations as well like there are wild rumors uh, and again, you know, someone grabs a, a kernel of truth and 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 runs, you know, takes the ball downfield with it, and you know, by the end, it doesn't even resemble the initial conversation. But nonetheless, like there are wild rumors of, you know, this person is merging with that person, and this investor yes. is jumping to this group, and the wind is blowing this way, and it's going that way, and so you know, this group is reacting like this. Like uh, honestly, Elliot, this is like hands down the craziest NHL sale. I think I've ever seen or or yeah. covered, and that goes back to, you know, uh, that, this goes back to you know when when young Jeffrey was uh, was an NHL fan reading the hockey news every week, and you know following things like this are the St. Louis Blues going to Saskatoon, and that's, that's why right. all the draft picks and are not showing suspended. up to the like, draft. Yes, and and yeah, all the all the picks are like it, it's it's wild out there about the Ottawa Senators. Elliot, honestly, I've never seen anything like this before and no insult to Ottawa, the, um, the Ottawa market or fans or anything, but it's not as if this is the New York Rangers. It's not as if this is the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Ottawa Senators and this is insane for each. Well, this is why, uh, this is why uh, sales don't, aren't usually so public because you know, with, with someone, what this person was saying to me this morning is, he thinks that if 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 this wasn't a public process, then nobody would be complaining because a, you know, obviously they wouldn't know about it, and b, uh, there wouldn't be day to day updates in it. Like the difference now, obviously, is, is social media, everything is is out there and people react quick and things get turned over quickly. Um, but and as he said to me, if it was quote unquote a normal process, people wouldn't be aware yeah. of this stuff, so nobody would be having angst over it. Yeah, the, the the one thing that I that I keep coming back to, like as we find ourselves in this situation um, with the Ottawa Senators, and and I thought that um, that that buddy of yours, I think he was, I think he worked in the, I think he was uh, in, in working in the banking industry, and he said, do you, do any of you people in hockey understand what an NDA is? <laughs> like, do you, you under, like in our industry, like N- NDAs, like you don't talk in hockey. You look at them and you you throw them in the the the, the waste bin and say, okay, let's let's start talking here. The the one thing I keep coming back to here, Frege, is I can't help but thinking that. 
the Ryan Reynolds charm offensive opened the door for everybody to say, screw it, if, if this is how Remington is going to behave and they're going to get yes. an advantage this way with Reynolds everywhere and glad-handing and chumming up with the mayor and social media and going on talk shows and all these things. If you're into these other groups, you're probably saying to yourself, why are we playing by the rules? They may end up getting the whole enchilada. They've chummed the waters. Everyone's in love with, with, with Ryan Reynolds right now. Ottawa Senators fans are expecting this to be the direction the sale is going. How can we just sit on our hands here? I know we've all signed NDAs, but how do we compete with that? Like I keep coming back to that one. It was it was the, the, the Ryan Reynolds phenomenon that maybe forced the hand of everybody else to say, eh, NDAs like another piece of paper. You know, you're completely right about that. There's no question. I hope people start tagging Ryan Reynolds and saying, Jeff Merrick's blaming you for the disaster that this has turned into. <laughs> but you do it. Go for yeah, it. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Anyway, uh, I, I think you're totally right about that. I think the other thing here too is that I think there's there's definitely some feeling based on you know what I was hearing this morning is look, you guys know what the bids are. Make your choice because I think they've kind of been going back to some of these groups and you have to ask more questions. But I think. I get the sense that some of the people who are bidding feel it's this has gone beyond asking questions. It's about, okay, uh, how can we get some of the bids up uh, more or how can we fiddle with the equity debt ratios? And These are all fair questions to be asked, but I think there's definitely a sense of, look, you have it in front of you. Pick someone. And... Uh, I think there's, I think there definitely is that feeling out there. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he, here's the question that I have recently about this, and and this is just an opinion question. I, I, I think I know which way you lean on this one. I'll, I'll throw it out there anyway. I believe the board of governors meeting in June is going to be on the 22nd. Yes, I think so that's right. Does this get, does this get resolved by then? Like, are we looking at a vote on the... Is there any way that this goes... Because, again, I have no idea at this point. Is there any way that this goes past the next governor's meeting? I think it's possible, but I don't want to say that for sure. Like, I like I do think there's a sense that they might not be able to close the sale by then. Yeah. But also, don't forget that's, the that's other thing is... That's what I'm wondering is, about now. The other thing, too, is, uh, Jeff, is that they could always just say, look, like, we have we have a deal here, vote by facts. Like, they can do that. They don't need to do it at a board, at a board of governors meeting. Hmm. All right. Um, let, let's park the Ottawa conversation here. I'm sure we'll pick it up at various points during the week. Uh, I want to park a little bit of time and talk about the World Championships. I don't know about you, yeah. but I know one of the critiques of the World Championships was, well, you know what? The A-listers didn't go. And this wasn't the best of all possible world championships, to which I say poppycock. I don't care. This is really good hockey. I really enjoyed it. I was really happy for a lot of the countries, really happy for a lot of the teams, happy for a lot of the players on a lot of the teams as well. Um, I I retweeted something from from Latvian TV today where um, what a lot of Latvian hockey fans were doing after the win was traveling. And as, as as someone sent me a note this morning, 
So Latvian hockey fans, some of them, a, a pretty sizable collection of them, um, went to the U.S. Embassy in, um, uh, in, in Latvia and placed flowers and wreaths yeah, that was outside, pretty cool. the, outside the embassy. It was so cool. And then I got a note from someone saying um, that she has a friend over there, a hockey fan, and what they were doing, because they moved the embassy from right downtown to, to, the, to, to outside of Riga, um, what they were doing is anything that looked or sounded or felt American, whether it was a McDonald's or whatever else it was, they were laying flowers and wreaths at anything that looked and felt American. Like, honestly, Fridge, you and I have talked about how great Latvian hockey fans were before. And my love of mm-hmm. Latvian hockey fans, I've, I'm, I've bored people so many times talking about how much I love. They're, they're, they, they laugh, they cry, they have fun, they sing, they chant, they drink. Um, they're, they're, they're spectacular hockey fans. I didn't think it was possible for them to get any cooler. But then when I saw that this morning, Latvian hockey fans got even cooler in my books. Your thoughts on just the phenomenon of, of Latvian hockey, the success over the weekend. This is a bronze, man. This, is, this isn't gold. This, isn't, this is a bronze. It's a medal. And they're laying flower. It's, it's remarkable. Just your, your thoughts on, on Latvia, Latvian hockey, Latvian hockey fans. Well, I, I'm, very, I'm very happy for them, uh, obviously. They've been loyal for a long time, and uh, one of the themes I, I really feel anyone who's heard me before knows this, is that if you dedicate your existence to cheering for some team, I hope that you get a chance to be rewarded. And for the Latvian hockey fans, this is a big reward. It's a, it's a very, very big deal. And I'd like to see a hardcore fan base like that one get rewarded. I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, Latvia Germany finishing 2-3 in a major hockey tournament is not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, you need you need those countries to feel like they're accomplishing something to build up growth in, in where they are from. So I love to see it. I completely support it. Did you see Tyler Myers' Instagram post today? No. What did Myers put up? So he put up a picture of himself with a trophy, and he said something like, they said this was Canada's worst roster ever, which I, I yeah, really love. There's a lot. And yeah. Like, like uh, there were a lot of I, I there were a lot Luchich of great stories. I want to see Luchich yeah. do that. Well, look, like there Luchich were a lot of great that. stories there, and you know the thing is, you can look at two things in the world. It, it's the same way some people are talking about this Stanley Cup final. Okay, you have a choice. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, as a person, you can complain about what's not there, or you can celebrate what is there. It's like I can look at someone and say, "Boy, they can't do this, 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 and this." I prefer to look at someone and say they can do this. So was it maybe the best roster of players we've ever seen? No, but you can enjoy what it is. Is this Stanley Cup final going to be different? And maybe there's some hockey fans in Canada that don't like it. Yeah, but does that mean I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it and have fun when I go this week and, uh, and enjoy the hockey? No, it doesn't mean that. I'm going to go. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to make Bieksa pick up all the tabs, and we're going to have a, a super time <laughs> while we go cover some good hockey. That's the way I prefer to look at things. And I, I look at this tournament, like, what's this tournament going to be remembered for? It's going to be remembered for Latvia. It's going to, Latvia. Be, remembered for, it's going to be remembered for Germany. And it's going to be remembered yep. for a bunch of guys who had really tough years or really hard seasons that ended with a bang. Tyler Myers, Milan Lucic, um, 
you know, uh, other Canadian players like Montembeau. Like, how much better is he going to feel about himself after that is over? Uh, Michael Carcone, um, you know, a, a yeah. guy who led the American Hockey League in scoring this year, had a great tournament. Rocco Grimaldi, even though the U.S. lost their last two games, that guy's trying to get his NHL career back on track. Great tournament. Like, that's the kind of way I look at things. You can, you can bitch and moan about what you don't have, or you can celebrate what you do have. And I always try to – and, yeah, I, I have my moments where I bitch and moan like, the, like everybody else. But generally, I try to think about things as what I do have as opposed to what I don't have. Okay, can I drop something on you then? It just happens to be a uh, a Latvian proverb, and I I've oh, dropped Jeez, man, so, so many times. I, I love it, and I just want to I just want to get your reaction to it because I'm like you. Like you can grouse about what you don't have, or you know, oh, uh, we, we didn't have Sidney Crosby didn't come, and blah 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 blah. There's a there's a great Latvian proverb that goes like this: Promised berries will not fill the basket. Promised berries will not fill the basket. You make the most of what you have. And whether it's, you know, I, I felt really good for Jake Middleton. I really that's did. A, like, that's another like great call. Another good name. Champion. That's a, like, yeah. I felt awesome for, for Jake Middleton. I felt great for, you know, I, I, like I mentioned on the podcast, I felt wonderful for, for Milan Lucic because I'll be honest with you, I have no idea what's going to happen to him on July yeah. 1st. I, 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 don't, I don't know who's going to come knocking. I don't know what's going to happen with his career. I know he's been a very polarizing figure in the hockey world for a number of years. Uh, there's no denying the, the success of, of Milan Lucic, and that Boston Bruins team was you know, one, of the, one of the most spectacular teams that we saw of that generation of hockey, and he was a huge part of it. Um, and he's been a big part of you know, hockey uh, the last you know, 20 years um, uh, 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 in, in, uh, around the league. So I have no idea what's going to happen to Lucic. I'm just glad that... Again, it's not about the guys that didn't go. It's about the ones that did. And I'm happy that, uh, to your point, J.J. Paterka, uh, because the Buffalo yeah. Sabres need Another more great yeah. prospects. Like Paterka, like Buffalo needs more great prospects coming. Here's you know Paterka, who's ready to, to just explode as well. And they got a ton on, uh, with Rochester, and they're in, in a, a dogfight right now in the playoffs with Hershey, etc. You know, I was happy for him. I'm happy for all the, the Latvian players. And on the podcast, we ran down a sort of list uh, – we loosely put together a list of some of our favorite Latvian players from the past and, and Latvian hockey stories, etc. But from a Canadian point of view, I'm really happy for Milan Lucic. I, yeah. I really am. That guy has been, just on a personal note, everything that he's been through in his personal life, everything he's been through in his professional life, and I know these yeah. athletes are very well paid, and I understand that, but still. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen to Milan Lucic on July 1st. Do you have any sense of... What happens to Lucic through this? No, you know what I don't. I think those are conversations we're all going to start uh, having here. Um, but I, I don't have a good sense of that yet, right now. By the way, Jeff, I think. By the way, Jeff, I now have a. I'm, I'm just getting through succession right now, but now I have a, a sudden oh, yeah. urge to watch the Seinfeld. Latvian Orthodox episode. I don't know why, but it suddenly <laughs> just got him. You know, Fantilli, I thought, was, was really good. You know, we talked about this, and, and, you know, like, number one, we all know who's going number one, but Anaheim has a choice to make. Like, like that Carlson kid was really good for Sweden, I thought, too, and nothing Fantilli did mm. 
made me think that he doesn't deserve to go number two. Like, Anaheim has a real decision to make here. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes the number two guy is is obvious. This is not obvious yeah. to me. Like, this Fantilli is a hell of a player, and this Carlson is a hell of a player. As the uh, as the, uh, the 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 scouting season started to wind down, we thought the uh, the uh, the draft was going to begin at three. I'm with you, Elliot. I think the draft begins at two. I yeah, really do. I, I think the draft begins at two. We thought it was going to be Bedard Fantilli. That's your that's your layup. Mm, not so fast. Leo Carlson enters the chat in a big way. Uh, and yeah, you know the other I think, I think too, the big winner was Columbus. I think the big I, like. Like, I think their fans were a little yeah. bit disappointed. Now, I think if you're Columbus's fans, you, if you watch that tournament, you're sitting there and you're saying, you know what? Didn't end up so bad for us. No, uh, I, I, I don't disagree. You're going to get either Fantilli or Carlson. Or um, <laughs> do we see the Columbus general manager order off the menu again? Uh, Yarmo Kekalainen has been known to do that. That's one of the, I guess, sidebars going into the draft in Nashville uh, that we'll see later on in June. Okay, enjoy your walk. I hear the birds chirping a moment ago, so you're away from the leaf blowers, and that's a good thing. Uh, enjoy your walk, and uh, we'll watch for you on the Magic Eyeball tonight. You'll be good, Fridge. Uh, I will try to be non-mediocre, Jeff. Have yourself a great night. A mediocre man is always at his best, Fridge. A mediocre yes. man is always at his best. Let's put that on the business card. 